Welcome to Exploring Possibilities, a show about holistic spirituality. I'm your hostess, Cheryl Sitz, and if you're just finding our show, be sure to check out our website at journeyofpossibilities.com. You'll find a whole library of past guests, many, many interesting shows there. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you do listen there, do me a favor and rate us as well so that other people can find our show, and if you subscribe, then you'll never miss an episode. We'll be introducing today's guest right after a word from our sponsors. Hi, this is Mario with Tech Life Balance, and I've been in the IT field for about 20 years. I have a big range of experience. I've worked with PCs, I've worked with servers, I've done online marketing strategies, I do websites, I even build online communities and help produce the podcast that you're listening to right now. I've actually been involved in IT so much that I got lost in all the technology and technology was taking over me. And I'm not saying to unplug or anything like that. What I'm saying is find a balance. I know I did. It took a traumatic event for me to learn that capability and it it was a challenge. And there are obstacles and there's things you run into that sometimes you don't realize you're even doing. So I designed a program to help you do that by looking at all your technologies and just helping you embrace it in a way that it's smoothed into your life. And I like to say that we log in, log out, and break free so we can have life. Contact us at techlifebalance.net and let us know what we can help you with. Enjoy the podcast. There is so much going on this year. It's an exciting time at Journey of Possibilities. And I want to let you know so that you can join us for some of this. First off, we've got all the details posted on our event in Peru. That's right, we're going south again. This October, you can join us for a ceremony in Sacred Valley with our shaman, Herbert Quinteros, as well as an exploration of Machu Picchu. It's going to be a very powerful time, and we would love to have you with us. All of the details for that are up on the website, journeyofpossibilities.com. Start manifesting that trip now and join us. Also... We've got a new online digital magazine coming out. I'm aiming for April 1st to publish the first one, and you can get yours absolutely free. Subscribe again on our website, journeyofpossibilities.com. Today's podcast is a bit different. Back when I was launching Journey of Possibilities, I had the privilege of working with a very powerful coach, Ogeoko Sieme, and she was fabulous in helping me get clarity around what I wanted to do and how I wanted to show up. And now she's working in a new direction around the new human and how we're showing up through this evolutionary process. And she wanted to put together a three-part series, which is now done, on the inner muscle of self-trust, the inner muscle of self-acceptance, and finally, the inner muscle of self-promotion. And that's the one that I got to do with her. And boy, did I have a lot of ahas. So she has agreed to allow me to share part three on our podcast today. And then we're going to make the whole three-part series available to you, as well as a special offer at the end. So stay tuned for that. Hey, hello, everyone, and welcome to this third in a three-part series on how to strengthen your inner core muscles so that you can get the most out of 2016 in a way that perhaps you didn't get out of 2015. And I said these 
in the other recordings that we've done. So there's two other recordings. There's the inner muscle of self-acceptance and then the, the inner muscle of self-trust. And in those recordings, I also shared why I had decided to do this, which is I've been speaking to so many people who it seems like 2015 has been a really tough year for people. And just in my journey and in my experience of coaching many, many women, one of the things that's come up over and over again, it's not the lack of strategy or business strategies or tactics or whatever you want to call it that has created these problems for people. What I'm finding is it's that inner stuff, you know, that inner self-belief, that inner trust, that self-acceptance. And the inner muscle that we're going to be talking about today, which is that inner muscle of being able to self-promote. And these are the three core things that I've found that has been a challenge for so many people. So what I decided to do is to offer these series of, they're like talks. Um, sometimes I go into coaching, sometimes it's a conversation, sometimes it's a talk. But what I did is I asked my clients, people who I've worked with, um, to come and, to come and interview me and put themselves out there to be coached so that you can listen in on it and learn as much as you can moving forward. Now these three core skills, although I am referencing them for business, I also want to say that they're actually not just for business. They are core skills that people I call new humans actually develop as a matter of fact, as a matter of it, it's just the way it is, or these three core skills. So you can actually listen into the three recordings and pick out what you can and apply it to any area of your life. Okay, so without much to do, I'm going to introduce you to my co-conspirator today and I say that with a lot of fondness and I'm going to introduce you guys to Cheryl. Cheryl's a client of mine who has um, kindly agreed to come and chat with me today on this thing on self-promotion and language. So hello Cheryl, how are you and thank you. Hello, Ogay. Thank you so much for having me today. This is going to be fun. And what a great topic. Mm -hmm. I know, I know. So tell everyone who's listening just a little bit about you so we can put you into the frame, so to say. Okay. My business is Journey of Possibilities, and that's also describing my life, my holistic awakening journey. And I have since become a practitioner and I connect people to other practitioners through a podcast, a new digital magazine, and other ways that I can use media to expand awareness and awakening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I've always liked that journey of possibilities because that's what it's all about. You know, it's about standing where you are and looking at those possibilities and then taking that bold journey towards those, towards whatever one you choose. And that being okay. So, yeah, I've always loved that. Well, thank you. Journey. You've been very helpful in this. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So, let's start. Today's topic is on self-promotion and the art of using language to promote yourself. Um, when I say that, um, I think a lot of people's ideas goes to like self-promotion in terms of going out there, branding, self-branding, marketing. And I'm going to say today it's self-promotion with a twist. It's actually self-promotion in terms of what you say to yourself to promote yourself and the language you use internally to promote yourself. So that's the angle we're going to be taking it from today. So over to you, Cheryl. Over to you. Wow, that's quite a hot seat. And I just got a lot less comfortable with the topic. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, you know, I do see that, yes, it's, it's in business, it's in our personal life. And for me, the thread definitely runs clearly through both where I'm all about promoting everyone else. And then when it comes to promoting myself, both to me and to the world, I tend to take a back seat and, and, not shift so easily into that. So that's my personal journey, at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why, why do you take the back seat? I think some of it is inherent in a lot of women I meet, taught to take mm-hmm. care of others. And so taking a back seat as a woman, maybe to trying to take care of others before I take care of myself. So that's definitely part of my shift. And it continues to be an area of, of opportunity for me. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're not the only. You're, you, so many other women say the same thing. I certainly can connect with that way that we've been brought up as women to really make sure everyone else is nurtured before we do. But these days when people come to me and they come with that story, because it is part of that bigger story, the one question I ask, which with your permission I would like to ask is, how does it serve you to nurture everyone else before you? It doesn't. Uh-huh. It doesn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It tends to be more of a habit, and I slip into that habit again, and I don't realize I'm doing it. And then I wake up and go, oh, I'm empty again. I forgot to fill me first. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And that is um, that is so correct. Is you, you do know that this thing you're doing is not serving you, and you go into that habit of doing it. So, so what have you learned or what have you, what strategies have you developed to get yourself out of that habit? Catching myself tends to be the biggest thing, recognizing it sooner that, oh, I'm doing it again and, and pushing away from whatever it is I'm losing myself in and looking back in the mirror again and looking at, am I doing this to avoid something I don't want to deal with about myself or am I just in general not taking care of myself? Like what's driving that? Because I'm really good at losing myself in my business. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you know, something that's occurred to me as I was um, listening to you is, is there specific language that you hear yourself saying to yourself in your head that kind of alerts you that you're going into that mode that's not particularly serving of you? Yeah, you know, it tends to be the more fear-based, shallower Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, oh, but I've Mm -hmm. got to take care of this first because it's important or I won't 
or or this won't happen or that won't happen. It's almost like I go into this. I've got to yeah, I've got rescue to. something. I don't know what. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've got to rescue something. It's like another way of saying I've got to fix something. <laughs> yeah. I've got to is a really interesting one. It's a really interesting one. How often do you hear yourself say, I've got to do this? Oh, yeah. It's one of mine for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything you wanted to ask me about the language thing before? I've certainly got some some stuff going on in my head, but I'm like feeling to ask if there's anything you want to ask me before we go there. Um, you know, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, one of the things that came through for me is it's it's really the balancing the masculine and the feminine, isn't it? The the doing and the the busy and the outreach with the the attracting and the going within. And I think there's a lot of that for me at, at play there. I was a very competitive businesswoman all of my life, just a very competitive woman in general and in a very masculine-based industry. And, you know, it was competition. It wasn't creating enough out of nothing. It was competing with the resources that are. And so it was you or me, not we. And all Mm -hmm. of that has been shifting so much around us that I still catch myself falling into old habits. And it's very new for me to rest into attracting to me what I need and trusting that my needs are met and that I'm going to be okay and that I'm even going to thrive Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. that not being busy doing. Mm -hmm. And what language do you hear yourself saying when you're in that mode of, um, panic almost that there's not going to be enough. What kind of language? I, I suppose there's not enough is, is a language. One I've just picked up on. Yeah, that still comes back sometimes, but you really nailed it with that I've got to. It feels mm-hmm. like that, that there's this uh, inherent assumption that I've got to do these things before everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. So I'm making a note. So we've got like, I've got to. We've got, um, there's not enough. But there's also the conditions we put on stuff. Like what I heard right there was a condition as in this has to happen in order for this to happen. Yes. Mm. And you see, that's another important one because that's one people don't even realize they're doing. It's like I'm not even sure that you realize you did that, but because I've trained myself to to listen out for it, I can often hear like the conditions that people place on things. So it would be something like I have got to do like a hundred hours of marketing before I become really good in marketing yeah and and we we kind of tell ourselves those things I have got to be really busy before I can allow myself to reap the rewards of my business yeah I have got to work so hard (laughs) (laughs) I have got to be a martyr you know (laughs) yes Uh I'm aware that I'm that I do that and yet 
there's that pattern again, you know, showing up in a new way for me to discover there it is again. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is really good. So thank you for bringing that up and so that we can use that as an example, because there's some obvious ones like the one you've just said, I've got to, um, I'm not enough. Those are more obvious for people to kind of hear and catch themselves saying the ones that are not obvious are those ones that I'm speaking of where it's this has to happen so um before this can happen or the either or yeah there's the either or languaging we say to ourselves so um a, a, a clear example is someone that says to themselves I am um, it's either I lose weight or I go without a relationship Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, those kind of languaging, like the either or. So like in terms of business, it's like it's either I have a thriving business or I give I, I, I spend time with my family. That's another one. So it's business or family. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun or struggle. There's the either or that's happening. And for, for our listeners that are listening, these are those things that underlie that. And because there are invisible, I will say they're invisible until someone can listen to you and point them out. Um, you don't even know that it's a driver there, but often it is. Right. Yeah, you've gone quiet, and I know you enough now to know that when you've gone quiet, something is hitting home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm soaking it in. <laughs> mm. Any comments? That choice that it can be pleasant and fun and pleasurable, or it can be uh, productive. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that it can't be productive and fun. Like, yeah. I thought I'd busted through that, and there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's such a habit. It's such a way that we have been taught to do things. We 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 don't see it. And what I've noticed successful people do, and you, you spend time and listen to people who are doing something that they are successful in, is what they do, they they hardly ever either or themselves, they don't put those kind of, so uh, this has to happen in order for this to happen. What they do is they and things, they and things. So I can have a thriving business and I can spend time with my family. Right. Yeah. So the or then becomes an and. So there's like tip number one or um, strategy number one for anyone listening to this right now. If you find yourself placing those kind of conditions on your inner languaging, again, is to stop yourself. No, no going into judgment about what you should or shouldn't do because that's a, that's another language which I'm going to be speaking about that really puts obstacles in things. It's just to stop yourself and simply and it. I like the anding things. So in a place where um, you're saying, um, I have to wait until I lose weight before I can find myself a relationship, for example, you say, 
I am going to be losing the weight and I'm going to be in a delicious relationship. You can do both. Yes, and it feels so much better. It does. It does. And, and this is about the integration and the inclusiveness of everything. This is about moving away from uh, separation theology. It's about moving away from scarcity um, ideals and moving towards inclusion in everything. And when you start to think of it from that point of view, like you said, Cheryl, Everything becomes much more fun and things become much more elegant and they become actually easier for you to do. I'm finding it ironic that my business is journey of possibilities and yet I connect them so often with an or instead of an and. Uh-huh. What, what's the or in your business? Let's see if we can and some of it so people can see it in action. Well, we tend to think of possibilities as a menu to choose one and, mm-hmm. and we can choose so many and exactly. I, yeah, I feel how that's just expanding everything right now. Even in a lot of the things, a lot of the time when I'm doing something that's been a career path for me for a long time, I have mm-hmm. all of this built into that. I believe that it's a choice. Mm-hmm. So it's rethinking the whole strategy of it as an and situation yeah. very empowering yeah, yeah exactly exactly and um, um, what often comes up is um, I will get people in coaching and they say I've got all these passions and I want to write a book and I want to do painting and I want to grow a business and the, the dilemma is they're oaring or putting conditions of things and I will say to people you can write your book and do your marketing and create your business. You may not necessarily be able to do it all at once. Sometimes you can find a way to creatively include it. And that's about the creativity of it. So I'm not saying that you're necessarily going to be able to do all your ands at once. But once you start to and things, you start to see the possibility that all of them. So you don't have to exclude aspects of yourself anymore. Another way to work around the and thing in terms of how to do things is this is one I, I, I'm very... I would say almost rigid about with my clients is scheduling things in, is planning for things, okay? And that's how you move with the and. Like you said, you've got a menu, yeah? So there's all these things on journey of possibilities is allocate time for them, yeah? And that's another thing that people don't often do is they don't actually allocate time for themselves and the things that are important to them. So sit down. I get my clients to do this and we'll actually look at their diary and say, okay, painting is important to you. Yeah, this is something that brings you joy. When in your diary can we schedule in that you're going to focus on your painting? And when in your diary can you schedule in that you'll focus on your business? And when in your diary can you schedule in to focus on time with your family? Often it's as simple as that. And yeah, the simple things are the toughest to take on board because humans are always looking for an extra complication to things. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, scheduling in wellness as well, like my self-care first instead of I, I tend to let that kind of float into wherever the free spaces land in my calendar. And that's a terrible way to take care of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, and, and what happens when you start to schedule in things for yourself? Internally, and this is, is going back to the, to the self-promotion. Internally, you start to tell yourself, I am important. I am important. I am being important. I am important. And what happens? That energy starts to flow out. And then you start to notice a difference in how people relate to you. You notice, like, maybe signing up the next client was that bit easier than the the last 10 conversations you've had. And you're wondering, oh, my God, why is things so much easier? Why things are so much easier is you are changed who you are being. So you're saying to yourself, I am important. And people are picking that up. And the people who are not going to respect that importance will fall out of your sphere of influence and make room for the people who value that. That sounds beautiful. Mm. That is how energy works. Yes, I agree. Mm. So that's why I I talk about this self-promotion thing um, quite passionately because it's about how you promote yourself inside that's going to determine what you attract and what you create outside. Isn't that always the thing? Whatever we're looking for, we're looking out there and it's supposed to be happening in here. That's where it really the change takes place, right, is when we start inside instead of out there. Exactly, exactly. And that's why when I call this the the inner muscle of self-promotion, I know that the expectation is going to be, it's about how you go out there and market yourself. (laughs) And I know this from personal experience, yeah? Until you've marketed yourself to yourself with conviction, you're not going to be doing any convincing marketing to anyone else. You first have to sell yourself to yourself. (laughs) And one of the ways you start to um, look at how you're selling yourself to yourself is in the language that you use. That's a big clue as to how you are selling yourself. I completely agree. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the ending. Let us move on. And I I just want to hand back over to you, Cheryl. I'm aware that I've been speaking, but I I do get quite passionate about this. (laughs) So let me hand back over to you and see if you've got any more questions or any other approaches or any other angle you want to come at this. Well, something that came to me a few minutes ago, because we're actually blogging about it right now in my community, has to do with the perfectionist tendencies that might come through. Mm-hmm. And um, if, well, if I, you know, always trying to be good enough for ourselves because we set the mark so high and balancing striving to improve ourselves with that desire to perfect ourselves, which good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how that really does a lot for self-promotion, for for wellness, for all of it. So I would love uh-huh. to hear how you incorporate that into what you're teaching about self-promotion now. Well, one of the things about perfection is it, it 
It's an illusion and it's not. Okay? In the sense that everything is already perfect as it is. Right. Okay? It's also an illusion in the sense that there is always something else. There is always something else that's just as perfect as it is. And when I listen to language where people start to talk about perfection, and often it does show up in not enoughness. So I would listen out, and once I hear someone start to say, oh, this is not enough, or I am not enough, or it's not good enough yet, enough always shows up in the language of perfection, okay? Mm -hmm. So as soon as I hear the not enoughness, I know that my client has gone into the, the perfection thing, so we will start to address that, um, the whole thing about what what is it? Why does something need to be perfect before you actually move on? Because that is where the that is where the obstacle lies. That's the word I'm thinking of. So I will hear the not enoughness and then I will listen and then a question I usually ask, which if you're listening to this, you can also explore this yourself, is what why does something need to be perfect? before you can go from A to B. And underneath that quest for perfection, there is usually a fear. Yeah? Yes. And that fear for many people is unconscious. I'm saying it's unconscious in the, in the sense that it's never been processed, it's never been acknowledged. Now, whether you acknowledge it or process it or not, the fear, the energy of fear is still real. So again, it's what we're speaking about, about energy. Energy will always find a way to express itself. So you may start to find things surprising you in very unpleasant ways, and then you're wondering... <laughs> <laughs> and you're wondering, you're like, oh my God, I sat down for 20 minutes today doing my meditation. I do my meditation like three times a day. I'm like all properly ommed and calmed and everything. And so why is this happening to me? Again, if you had listened to your language of not enoughness, which is always as a fear attached to it, then you'll start to get a clue why some unpleasant thing that represents that energy of fear has, has suddenly shown up. And that might be something that will sabotage your business, but it doesn't always have to be about business. It might show up in another area of your life. The thing is, it will show up in a way that will get your attention. So if relationship is where it would get your attention the most, it will show up in a relationship issue. If money is where it will get your attention the most, there it will show up. If your business is the case, there it will show up. So the question to ask when you're not enoughing yourself is to ask yourself, what what is the fear that is there? What will happen if you move forward without things being perfect? Yeah? Mm -hmm. I worked through this with a client sometime last year, and one of the things that had come up for her was the fear of being humiliated, the, the, the fear of people laughing at her. 
Okay, and I mention this because this is a real fear for many, many, many people, and it's a real fear for for people who are probably listening. Okay, now the way we worked through that was by me asking her, okay, we've uncovered this fear, we need to acknowledge it that it is real. And then you ask, how likely is that going to happen? Okay, how likely is it that if you took your your talk that you've been working on, that you are passionate about, and you took it to a group to go and speak to, how likely is it that they're going to be sitting there laughing their heads off at you? <laughs> Right. And I see you laugh because when you bring it out into the open, you can start to see the unrealistic story you've built around it. Yes. So that's a good one to ask. Once you've uncovered the fear, just ask yourself, how likely is this to happen? And then the next question is then to ask yourself, and what is the worst that would happen if that actually happened? What's the worst case scenario if that happens? So you took your talk somewhere and everyone's rolling on the floor under the table. They're not even <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> and they're laughing. I did. And this is how I put it to my client. And I said, what is the worst that could happen? And she started laughing like you. She said, you know what, okay, I'd probably be under the table with them laughing too. <laughs> Yeah, and you can see how that kind of questioning starts to dissipate that energy. And then once you've done that, you can go back and realign your language, which is really that where you are now is exactly where you need to be. And it's okay and it's safe to be where you are now. I love that you use that word safe. It's like permission. How often do we tell ourselves that we're safe? And how often yeah. do we give ourselves permission? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Funny. Another way to give yourself permission, talking about permission and inner language of promotion, is to say, I choose to be safe about this right now. Because ultimately what we're doing is we're making choices. A lot of the times we don't recognize we are making choices because we are doing it so automatic that you said early on it's become such a habit. We don't see it as a choice anymore. It's, it's automated. But we do have a choice. And around our feelings and emotions, you can choose to stay with the fear or you can choose to move beyond it. So this process I've gone through is one process you can um, engage to move beyond it. So, yeah, another language you can use is I'm choosing to feel safe about this. I am choosing to be safe about this. It's very empowering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the language of perfection. The other, the other thing around the language of perfection is this need to fix things as well. So if something is not perfect, then again, going back to the self, I need to fix myself mm -hmm. um, before I can go out there. So mm -hmm. there's also 
coupled with the fear. It's still fueled by the fear, but then the rationale, you will hear yourself some kind of language in there about um, needing to do this. I need to read one more book before I can <laughs> go there. Yeah? And that one more book may fix me. Okay? Or I, I need to go to one more class. I need to go to one more. I need to get one more qualification before I can go there and give my talk on XYZ. Yeah? And that there's an energy of wanting to fix things. Okay? There as well. Again, what I say about fixing is that each each situation, if you can approach that whole energy of wanting to fix things like this, each situation is a perfect outcome already. So that particular situation you are there and then is a perfect outcome already. And if it's a perfect outcome, how can you fix a perfect outcome? It's, it's, it's waste of time. So, again, the way to overcome, when you hear yourself going into not enoughness and there's a fixing a thing going on there, the way, again, to deal with that is actually to focus on where you want to go and to allow the present to be exactly what it is. It's an allowance thing to, and it's going back to the and. The present can stay as it is and the future you want can also exist and they can exist side by side. So there's no need to fix anything. Mm -hmm. I, I know that I have had some of that fixing thing that I've become very conscious of and worked through a lot of. Mm -hmm. Now I feel more what shows up, especially the bigger the stake, something as big as writing my story and putting it out there, for example. What comes up for me is not as much that I'm not good enough yet to do it. I'm as, I'm, I'm ready to do it in that sense. But then comes this, what if I put my whole self out there and, and, and it doesn't work? It's that fear of failure, that thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Again, it's reframing the failure. My favorite, my favorite, favorite story is What's the guy's name who created the light bulbs again? It goes. Oh, it annoys me when this happens. But if you're listening, Google him. The guy <laughs> who created the light bulbs, he had over a thousand failures before he created the light bulbs that we still use today. So it's about reframing what you call a failure because often and this is from very direct experience from myself and coaching people what you see as a failure is often sometimes our way of stopping and regrouping and course correcting either to open a different door or to go on a different journey that is more in line with who we are. So if going out there and doing what you want to do, Cheryl, is going to cause you to fail in your own definition, and yet on the other side of the failure, there's something even grander. Is that <laughs> failure not worth it? I love that. I think I'm going to type that up and put it on my mirror. That's a quote I'm going to hang on to. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
because often that's what happens with people. I, I've read so many stories. You'll hear so many stories about, you look at all the big gurus, quote unquote, in our industry today. And you look back into their history and many, many of them actually went bankrupt before they became the successful people or, or were on the edge of going over the edge, if you, if you know what I mean. Right. And those periods became like one of their biggest lessons, one of their biggest, biggest, biggest learnings. Okay, so what we actually call a failure for many people is actually a period to pause and feel the magic. Oh, that sounds much more inviting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you can see your failures, your defined failures, as a, a call to you to stop, to pause, and actually feel the magic, because magic happens in that pause. Yes, it does. Well, I certainly hope that everyone listening is getting as much out of this as I am, because this is fabulous stuff. <laughs> it is. It's, it's one of my favorite topics, too, is that in a, in a chatter, in a talk, um, in our promotion, we give ourselves or not give ourselves. And the other one I wanted to speak to, because I don't want us to run out of time before we speak to this, is the inner talk of shoulding yourself. You know, you talked about it earlier, I've got to do this, which is another way of shoulding yourself. Mm -hmm. What's your experience of shoulding yourself? I should be busy doing something productive right now. I shouldn't be sitting here just blowing off time. I'm I'm really good at that one. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel when you do that, when you should yourself? Uh, very tiring. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's exhausting. Yeah. And how productive, quote unquote, are you when you're in that tired state from shooting yourself? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's because should is an expectation. Mm -hmm. When we should ourselves, we are placing a whole heap of expectation on ourselves. Should is always an expectation. And what happens with expectations? Do you know humans do not like expectations placed on them? <laughs> we don't like it. We don't like it when other people do it to us, and we don't like it when we do it to ourselves. And when you place that kind of expectation on yourself, for me, when I should myself, I feel it like a big weight on my shoulders. It's like trying to lift weight that is like 20 times heavier than yourself, and it's like a big, big burden. Okay, so that's a common one that people do. And I just wanted to bring your attention to it so that you are where you are aware of when you start to shoot yourself. Because when you start to shoot yourself, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Okay, um, every time we come from a place of expectation, we set ourselves up for disappointment. Now, the way around shooting yourself is actually to ask yourself, what would I prefer in this moment? What is my preference? What does my heart really desire to do in this moment? 
is to ask yourself that and then be creative with how you you play with what comes up. So um, instead of saying, oh, I should really go for a walk right now, and then you can feel the heaviness, the heaviness. The more you tell yourself, I should go for a walk, it's like you're sinking. Is to ask yourself, what, what do I prefer to do right now? It might be that you're shooting yourself because you want to be healthier. So the walk is part of a healthy regime. Okay, the creativity then comes in where you say to yourself, okay, what is the alternative to walking that I could engage right now that will still give me that sense of healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you and then allow for that intuition to come in. Do you know, it might be that as you process it like this and you're asking yourself, you realize that it's not that you don't want to go for a walk, you re- you might realize that actually the walk is something I want to do. It's just something I don't want to do right at this moment. So there's so many variables and so many options that could come up. It could be that after you've gone through it, it's, it, you know, it can be something as uh, little as, I don't want to wear what I'm wearing right now out. And I didn't realize that that was why I I began to feel like an expectation. Let me go and change my clothes and wear something different. Look, now I feel better about walking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, with that, it's to always explore from the point of preference. What is it that my heart desires right now in order to still meet my goal of being healthy and a myriad of options that you can choose from. That's where choice comes in again. You know, it's interesting. I'm kind of circling back. You said something a few moments ago about the the weight on your shoulders. And earlier you had asked me, like, what are my signs that I know that I'm starting to go off track? And that has become a biggie for me is physical pain. I I noticed something showing up in my body and that shows me that I'm care. And I think the energy of us coming together for this conversation right now when I've literally had pain in my shoulders is just too beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, carrying too much. What are you shooting? What expectations are you placing on yourself? And as an entrepreneur, sometimes I overcommit what I can do and coming Mm -hmm. back and being able to adjust that and change the expectations I've created from others Mm -hmm. to take care of myself can be fun. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Here's a really cool tip that I learned from a coach um, that is really cool in terms of changing expectations around. Instead of having expectations placed on yourself or expectations even placed on someone else, but because we are talking about the self, yes, use it as self. Instead of expectations, have agreements. Okay, you can enter an agreement with yourself. So, again, going back to the walking, you can enter an agreement with yourself that every time um, I feel I am 
every time it's five o'clock, let's say five o'clock is my walking time. So every time it's five o'clock, I'm going to do X, Y, Z with myself so that I feel in the mood for walking. And it might be that you just take 10 minutes to disconnect, to get yourself ready, that kind of stuff. It's to enter an agreement with yourself. I remember, I don't like going to the gym. I have never liked going to the gym, okay? Um, and then in the winter in London, so in the summer it was all right because I would go to the park to get my exercise and that was so much fun. In the winter it wasn't so much fun because it was cold and it was dreary and I started making excuses for not exercising because it's like I don't like going to the gym. Well, I, I hired a personal trainer who taught me how to use the space in my home to get a thorough workout. Now, there's an alternative. So you would see me in the mornings doing step-ups on the chair, running up and down my stairs, doing all sorts of things. And, you know... There's, there's, there's problem solved. Mm -hmm. So it's about looking at how you can creatively do things. So my preference and my choice was to still get fit. How I chose to get fit is what I became creative with. That way you're not putting expectations, but you can enter an agreement. So I've entered the agreement that whatever happened, I was going to get fit. And then I got creative about how I got fit. That's really good. Mm -hmm. How's that weight on your shoulder? They're feeling much better, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other questions you wanted to ask? I think we've pretty much touched on them. Are you feeling like there's anything that we should explore that we haven't yet? One of the, the, the final things I want to explore, just an exercise uh, for people listening to this, is one of the biggest things I hear all the time is I can't. That's another thing we tell ourselves. It's like the amount of times I've gone in to have a conversation with somebody, and even before you finish the sentence, it's like, I can't. Like, oh, God. <laughs> what an opportunity missed. Okay, and I can't is a language that we use on ourselves a lot. Now, notice what happens when you say to yourself, I can't, I can't with anything, or I can't, I cannot with anything, is your energy automatically restricts, it automatically tightens, it shuts down, because I can't is a language of shutting down. Okay? An example would be, I don't know, you've, you, you've had a conversation, let, uh, many people might be able to relate to this, you've had a conversation with somebody and they want to sign you up for their program and in your head you're thinking, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do this because there's not the funds, or I can't do this because it's not the right time, or I can't do this. Now, one way to actually work around the I can't is rather than say I can't is to simply say no. No is a complete sentence. Okay? So you can say no to things because no can be quite empowering. 
no is quite an empowering um, statement to make. It's more empowering than I can't. Another empowering way to get around the I can't is to say, I am choosing not to do this right now. You feel the difference. Mm-hmm. One feels powerful and one feels weak. Yeah, and one feels quite victim-y. One, mm-hmm. one puts you in a place of victim. Yeah. And the other one puts you in a place of responsibility. I am choosing not to do this right now. Okay? So just to be mindful of the I can't when you use that. One exercise I give my clients around the I can't which works brilliantly, and it works especially when clients have come to me and things haven't been working out, and they're feeling despondent, and they're they're losing confidence, and their self-esteem is going down because it feels like doors are shutting. Now, it's interesting, doors might be shutting on the outside, but the reason the doors are shutting on the outside is inside somewhere you are telling yourself, I can't. Yeah, or you've placed mm-hmm. conditions, but one way or the other, you've you're I can't in yourself. Is I often give my clients this really cool exercise, which I want to end on, which is for the next couple of days, for the next two to three days, every time you remember, just tell yourself I can. You don't need anything at the end of it. Just keep telling yourself I can, I can. I can, I can, and start to notice how your energy starts to lift up. So when I give my clients this exercise, they'll often start it with I can, I can, and then by the end of day two, day three, they feel comfortable enough to add things to the end of it, yeah? So I can walk an extra mile, I can do this, I can go to the market, I can sign up a new client, I can turn my business around, yeah? Start off though with just I can, just saying I can, I can, I can to yourself until you feel, you'll know when you want to start adding things to the end of I can. It's, it's a really empowering exercise. I can do this exercise. <laughs> I can. I can. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So we are coming um, towards the end of this class. I'm going to call it a class on strengthening your inner muscle of self-promotion. And Cheryl, I'm going to hand over to you with... Um, a final word or a sentence or anyhow you want to close this or any thoughts you want to share as we bring this to a close. I just want to thank you for all that you're doing to help all of us expand our own journey of possibilities and Mm -hmm. become more of ourselves and expand more. Thank you so much. And I welcome anyone who'd like to come by and visit me at journeyofpossibilities.com and check out all the exciting stuff we've got going on, too. Yay. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Cheryl, so much for being the perfect client, questioner, all that kind of stuff. And thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for lending your energy 
and your time to listen to this. I hope you get so much out of the three series. As promised, here's how you can get hold of the other recordings in the series. The two recordings are The Inner Muscle of Self-Trust and the inner muscle of self-acceptance. To get hold of your copy, email me at info at ogeokosieme.com and we will get you a copy ASAP. In addition to this three-part series that you can get from Oge, she's also offering, just for our podcast listeners, an opportunity to have a deeper conversation with her. And don't pass this up. She's offering a two-hour coaching experience on a first-come, first-served basis where she will coach you into your power. And you'll know experientially what that feels like. And believe me, it's quite a shift. So definitely take her up on this as well. All of her contact information is right here on the podcast. Don't hesitate to reach out. And we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.